Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, a conversation where good thoughts help renew the mind with the Word of God. I'm Charlie Carter, and I'm here with Tim Little and Andy Stearns. Let's jump into the conversation. Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, a New Year's resolution podcast, even though it's not the new year yet, but it's almost the new year. Here's what we're going to do in this episode. We're going to do essentially what we did for the Thanksgiving episode, where we were like, okay, what do you think about Thinklings when you think of the idea New Year's or New Year's resolutions? So we're going to kind of go around the table and talk about that. But before we do that, we do want to mention that at the end of this month, is it the last day of the month? Yeah. After our episode drops, it should be like the 31st, I think they said. So there's another podcast called The Theologic Podcast, mm-hmm. and that is spelled exactly how it sounds, Theologic Podcast. And uh, we did an interview with them that is going to uh, go live at the end of this month, and we talked about why it's important for Christians to read. And uh, so if you want to jump over there and uh, listen to us on another podcast, which is kind of interesting and exciting that's the first time i've ever been on a different podcast Whoop. or it will be i guess because it hasn't will happened be yet in the future but and then <laughs> tim also if you go back to the previous month was it november uh october i think october mm-hmm. he was interviewed on the same podcast about the song of songs so you can go and song of songs for singles the book that tim is working on and uh, you'll be able to purchase at the faith bookstore soon maybe yeah uh, hopefully uh so I had listened to, in our interview, I'll mention, listener, that I had listened to their episode where they interviewed a pastor who's also talking about philosophy. And after our interview, I just listened to another episode where two of the hosts debate Sabbath keeping because one is a Reformed Baptist and the other is a non-Reformed Baptist. So Zach Patkey is not a Sabbatarian but Sean Mushkin is. Mm. And so they had literally, it was like a debate format. So they each had 15 minutes to lay out their case. They had 15 minutes to rebut. Then they had 15 minutes to answer questions. Ooh. It was really interesting. And I just did it while I was putting up Christmas lights. That so sounds pretty spicy. I'm, <laughs> I'm putting up Christmas lights and wondering about the Sabbath keeping. So it was interesting. I, I, I like their theological focus. I'm not a Sabbath keeper. When I got saved, I got rid of all my old rock music, including Black Sabbath. Yeah, horrendous. <laughs> well, the funny thing is he said, every day is Sabaton. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not a like German death metal band that's either. That's a different band, yeah. <laughs> you guys in your popular culture, you know too much. I don't think that's pop culture anymore. But no, maybe it's it is. anciently old. <laughs> your old uh, pop culture. Yeah. Anyway, so let's have a conversation about New Year's. Does anyone want to go first? I can go first. Okay. Uh, when I think of New Year's, uh, New Year's, um, I always think about, hey, this would be a great time to sell that exercise bike. Uh, so you haven't used it in a long time, and it's just kind of sitting no, there. Not use the exercise bike. <laughs> sell the exercise so bike. I, I think if Charlie, if I think if one of you or I said that, I think Tim's comment would immediately be horrendous. <laughs> I feel like I just need to work that in here, Tim. Yikes. All right. That's not really what my uh, content is that I wanted to talk about. What? Are you going to go to that passage that talks about uh, physical fitness profits a little, but <laughs> no. godliness profits more? No. Is that where you were going to go? No. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> listener, you're not going to hear that one because I, never mind. Step number one, sell your exercise bike. <clears throat> Horrendous. Step number two, use the money to buy books. Because... <laughs> <laughs> 
bodily exercise only profits a little. Anyway, you're a little though. It should profit <laughs> you. <laughs> All so right. what, what are you actually going to talk about? <laughs> Talking about oath keeping. Ah. So uh, Ecclesiastes chapter five, I'm just going to read Ecclesiastes five, starting in verse one, walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools for they do not know that they do evil. Do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin, nor say before the messenger of God that, it was an error. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there is also vanity, but fear God. So it's just a good reminder about oaths and taking oaths, particularly taking oaths like in the name of the Lord, uh, promising God that you're going to do this or promising God that you're going to do that. Um, this time of year, if you're going to say, hey, this is a New Year's resolution, this is what I intend to do, this is what I want to do, uh, this is what I'm going to try to do, those are all very different things than saying, hey, you know what, this is what I'm going to do this year. Um, I would still encourage you to evaluate your life and seek to uh, push yourself, push yourself uh, intellectually, uh, thinking, uh, do more reading, uh, and I would encourage you to do those things. But I would be very careful about taking oaths. In our book, we added a chapter 13, and we talk specifically about oaths, uh, primarily because of the adjuration refrain in Song 2, 7, 3, 5, and 8, 4, where it says, I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem. Where, when it says, I adjure you, the wording there is literally, I cause you to take an oath. It is an oath term. And so one of the issues that we're trying to work through as we were even putting the book together was, do we encourage singles to take an oath? Uh, oaths have fallen on very bad times, um, particularly when it comes to purity and sexuality. Uh, the purity culture strongly recommended oath keeping. Uh, the problem is they didn't really give the uh, singles the uh, tools necessary to fulfill their oaths. And furthermore, our culture has completely lost the concept of making a solemn oath. So in our book, we kind of talk about what is an oath and should you even keep one. And uh, we mentioned Ecclesiastes chapter five, uh, that if it would be better not to vow than to vow and then not repay it. We also interact with Matthew chapter five, verses 33 to 37, where Jesus says, uh, basically, don't take oaths, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Um, and well, does that mean we shouldn't take oaths anymore? And the answer is no. Uh, the Jesus's main point in that text is that when you say you're going to do something, guess what you should do? You should do it. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't, I didn't promise by the gold of the temple. Uh, so I don't have to fulfill my oath. And Jesus is like, no, if you say you're going to do something, you should do it. But there's uh, still something about taking an oath where it should be something more serious. Now, uh, as I was working through this section, I actually got together with um, uh, Fundamental Lit 
uh, with Josh Boyd, and we were reading through uh, The Franklin's Tale, one of Jeffrey Chaucer's uh, Canterbury Tales, and it connected really, really well uh, with this idea of oath-taking and how we don't take oaths seriously, particularly seriously like they did in the ancient days, or what the Bible demands of somebody who does take an oath. I'm just going to uh, ta- I'm going to read this one section of the book, at least how it currently stands before the copy editor. Our culture needs to recapture the principles of truth, honesty, and oath keeping. Medieval knights and maidens understood the significance of oath taking. They would swear troth, which was a solemn agreement of pledged faithfulness. In The Franklin's Tale, one of Geoffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, the maiden, Dorigen, swore troth to the knight, Averagus, and to the deceptive squire, Aurelius. Dorigen found herself in a dilemma, being forced to break troth with one of these men. She despaired and contemplated death before breaking troth. When a medieval person swore troth, the person kept it. If you decide to take an oath, you need to fulfill it. And that's my comment and highlight on New Year's resolutions and a new year. I would encourage you to push yourself. But if you're going to make an oath, guess what? You need to take it seriously and then make changes in your life that's going to actually help you to fulfill that oath. A verse that came to mind as you were speaking is Proverbs 15, 4. Uh, it says, In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors... Those who fear the Lord, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Do you have that? I'm assuming that's up in your section there. I actually don't mention that verse, but oh. it would be a good one. Maybe it, I should it, add it. You should. I, I, well, because it's kind of going on, especially with it the is. Franklin's tale, like yeah. Dorigen or Dorigen. Dor, uh-huh. Yeah, Dorigen. She, to her own hurt, is going right. to keep at least one of the oaths and yeah. to the slime ball, not because her, yeah. well, she's her, actually committing, uh, considering, uh, killing herself yeah. before breaking trial. Well, that sounds like it's to her hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, there's my new year's resolution thing. So, uh, what I l- really think is interesting about that passage in Ecclesiastes is that dream language. Yeah. What do you think about that dream language? <laughs> Charlie, you actually have studied this one and even preached on it. I have never preached this text, so I think you should just explain what it is. You know it better than I do. Well, I'm not sure if I'm right, though. I, I, I think I'm sure you are. I think it's interesting like what, what the correlation is between in the, in the multitude of dreams. You know, like what, what is this idea of dreaming, and what does it have to do with making an oath and not keeping it? All right, I'll... I just have always, it's easy to come up with a dream where you do great and glorious things. But what is it? It's just a dream. Yep. And it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. All right. And, and so that's what so you have. So we do agree on that then. That's good. <laughs> what, what do you have right now? I'm, you have a time period right now where you are dreaming. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just think about that. You know, this is my goal. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make an oath that I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Well, just remember, you know, if you're going to make an oath that you're going to do something, then do it. Yeah. You want to go next? You want me to go next? I don't really care. Mine's going to be more of an applicational one, so I can go next. It doesn't matter. If yours is more thinky. So you think it's interesting as we're recording this, Andy and I are matching. We're both wearing 
these uh, Soft, really amazing. They're very comfortable. Oh, the Thinklings t-shirts that you can buy at the Faith Bookstore. Yeah, that gift card that you got from so and so. Bring that <laughs> or in. Or maybe a... you think about that special someone, and you're like, "What should I get them that would, in the best way possible, communicate my affections for them?" And it has to be a Thinklings t-shirt, right? Oh man. You guys are so horrendous. There's will, no other gift to get for your. Funny thing is, I'm the bookstore manager. I know. <laughs> I will say this though, listener. I'm like an. I'm very picky. Like our first T-shirts were okay to me. <laughs> he put this, it on the first time, and he's like, "Nah, this isn't what I wanted." Yeah, it's, he's horrendous. <laughs> I'm. I'm very picky, but we made sure we got a tri blend this time, and it is glorious. So we do not meet the stipulations of the Old Testament law, but oh. we've got comfy T-shirts. <laughs> Not Speaking Leviticus of 19 our, approved. Uh, Sabbath keeping friend, maybe he would not uh, approve of our tribal and t shirts. Anyway. Okay, so here's what I was thinking. When you think of a New Year's resolution, I, I think it falls on hard times. It's So there's a book called Change into His Image by Jim Berg. And at the beginning, he has the masterful teacup analogy that's just excellent. But he has another illustration early on in the book where people go to a camp. And this is pretty popular if you've gone to a Christian camp. You go to a Christian camp, and for that week, um, the Lord works in your life, and then you make this camp decision, they call it. And it camp decision has a negative connotation because people go home and they go back on the decision. So we had a really fun way of describing this up at Hidden Acres. It's people, you, people that were believers, but needed to rededicate their life. Yeah, that's I did that at, re, at Hidden Acres. We call them rededs. Redead. Oh, that's and it was like zombies. Beautiful. You know, kind of yep. like a redead. Because but, how many times are you going to redead? You know, I remember at Hidden Acres doing fa- that. I have uh, great memories of the yep. Rededs. Yep. No. Oh, Tim. <laughs> you guys are horrendous. That's yeah, all we, I have. <laughs> I will say this, though. <laughs> so I remember at a time in my life looking at- I guess a zombie's an undead, not a redead, but it's so that's close. That's true. It is, it is very close. Stop. My Hidden Acres friends. You, yeah, anyway. Come on. Here's what I would say. I So I looked back and, and we, in that time in life, we had a lot of that where people would go- they would come to these conclusions. They would make these big decisions and you go home and nothing changes. And so I remember thinking that's a big waste of time. It wasn't real, blah, blah, blah. But I really liked what Jim Berg said in his book. He said, you, you, people get down on camp decisions and he says, but it's actually not a wrong thing. Think about what happens at camp. You're away from so many bad influences and temptations. You're around so much good biblical yeah. nourishment that you're, you're actually thinking in the spirit, not the flesh for once. And you make a good decision. And then you go back home to all your fleshly temptations and you live according to the flesh and it doesn't carry through. And so I do think that can be an example of it. So it's not necessarily the problem that you made a decision. It's just that when you went back, you needed to work on transformation. And so what I would say with new year's resolutions, I think there's a similar bad rap, but I think they could be valuable. So everyone's made a New Year's resolution they haven't kept. It's like the oath-keeping thing you're just talking about. And so then the, the temptation is to say, ah, that's a waste of time. But let's think about it like this. So New Year's resolutions are this weird cultural tradition, tradition we have. We, we hit this one point in our orbit on the sun, around the sun, and we're like, hey, it's time to make a decision. You know, the rest of the year you can't make a resolution. But now that we're on this one solstice or equinox or whatever it is, hey, we're going <laughs> to make a decision. But... What if your decision is something like this? So uh, a couple of verses that came to mind as we were thinking this through is one of my favorite verses is 1 Timothy 4.15. And it's just, I... I have one in 1 Timothy as well. 
but it's not that one. Okay. I was nervous. I just, I'm, this is like a, almost if I had a life verse, this would be in there for contention. So Paul is telling Timothy that he needs to really, really, and I got to get my NASB up because I like it best in the NASB. Um, he, he, he says he, he wants Timothy to take what, all this instruction he's giving him as a pastor and take it seriously. And so he says this, he says, take pains with the, with these things, be absorbed in them. And why he says, so that your progress may be evident to all. And so I think that's, um, let's say believer you're, you're thinking about doing a new year's resolution. And if you're a believer, you're probably thinking you want to do something spiritual and grow. And I think it is okay to do that. If someone's like, oh, New Year's resolutions are stupid. Well, no, they actually, maybe God's going to use this time of year, the Christmas season, uh, different uh, thoughts at church and stuff you're reading. And you're going to say, you know what? I should work harder to get rid of entertainment in my life, or I should work harder at this sin, or I should work harder at my church attendance. Whatever the resolution is, I actually think it's a good thing. And if you don't carry it through, that doesn't mean your decision was wrong. It just means you need to continue to work at transformation. And so here, Timothy is being encouraged to pursue what could be something similar to our resolutions to the point of going through pain. And so I don't think it's wrong when you, when you go to do something and it's difficult, that's okay. Um, the other verse that made me think about this is, so here, here Paul's telling Timothy, take pains with these things, be absorbed in them. And so let's say you want to grow in wisdom and in one of these areas, wisdom in general, but like your, your walk with God, your, your entertainments, your, you know, whatever I, I immediately think of, and I'm sure Tim is already here in his mind, Proverbs chapter two. And at the very beginning, he says this, Solomon says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, you make your ear attentive to wisdom. You incline your heart to understanding. If you call out for insight, if you raise your voice for understanding, if you seek for it like silver or search for it like hidden treasure, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So if you want wisdom in one of these areas, that sounds like a lot of work. Now, I'm going to reread that passage. My son, if you consider my words and you keep a few of my commandments within you, if you at some times turn your ear to wisdom and mildly make your heart open to understanding, if you sometimes request insight, and if you maybe raise your voice a little at times for understanding, if you seek it like uh, a couple lost pennies and you search for it like a sock you can't find the match to. Well, then you won't find the fear of the Lord, nor will you find the knowledge of God. And what's the difference maker? It's how much you value the thing that you're seeking. Right. So I would say, listener, if you're going to make a news resolution, I think the central point is what do you value about that resolution? And if you value it, then you'll take pain with it. And that's a, that's a good thing. And so perhaps if you pursue your resolution and in a couple of months you find that you've stopped pursuing it maybe one way to think about it is oh do i value that thing as much as i thought i did back in the last week of december Mm -hmm. and maybe ask value questions and maybe you just need to reevaluate what you think of that so that that's where i go in my thoughts Mm -hmm. so i don't know if you guys have thoughts 
Yeah, I, that's awesome. And I think a lot of times, especially when it's a spiritual thing, uh, a sin that you might be struggling with or um, uh, a lifestyle change that you're pursuing, uh, the value component is what kind of ebbs and flows. And this was one of the issues back back with the purity uh, culture movement was they'd get kids on an emotional high and then they would at a concert or some speaking engagement and then they'd make a decision at that event, but they really didn't give them the tools necessary to uh, fulfill their oaths. Um, And they just got an emotional high and made an emotional decision. So that's one of the things that I think you shouldn't do is don't make a decision when uh, you're on some emotional high. I think it's good for you to to uh, wait a little bit of time mm-hmm. uh, before you make that decision. And then a lot of times, uh, specifically if it's uh, a lifestyle change or a sin thing, you need to make several life changes that what are are before mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the the crisis moment to prevent a crisis moment. Uh, so, for example, when it comes to like purity, uh, in our book, we kind of lay out, listen, here are some things that are going to help you to love successfully. So if you're going to take an oath, which we don't dissuade people from, we don't really encourage it, but we don't dissuade them because I do believe there's value in taking an oath. Uh, but at the same time, if you're going to do it, then you need to uh, commit to these other things. That's what's going to give you the tools necessary to fulfill your oath. So if you're going to have something that you want to do, if you're going to say, I'm going to do this, well then think through the lifestyle changes that need to take place for you to fulfill that successfully. It's like that meme that often gets posted. Sunday morning church is a Saturday night decision. Yeah. So if you're going to bed at like two in the morning right? and then you're like, Oh, I couldn't get up for church. Well, Duh. You can commit to it, but you need to go to bed at like, well, I don't know. You need to go to bed earlier than 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I'm probably just going to recycle about a bunch of what you guys just said. I do have different verses, though. I'm can't, I can't wait to find out what so Timothy The verses verse that I picked would be things that you might resolve to do in this new year. Oh, nice. So not necessarily about the concept of resolution or oath or whatever, but more so like this would be a great thing to strive for in this new year would be kind of how I went with the verses. But I would say, what are new year's resolutions? Cause like Tim, you took it in the sense of like making an oath to God and maybe not necessarily like you can have a general oath. And a lot of times new year's resolutions aren't that way. Right. It's like a, res- a resolution to myself. Right. I'm going to do oh, this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to be the And and so what is that? Why does someone get so worked up about making a change? And like Andy said, you know, at this particular time in our rotation around the sun, you know, like, <laughs> or I guess it'd be not rotation, but revolution maybe. Revolution. Is that, is that yeah. the right way to say it? Well, it rotates and revolves. It so. does both. Oh, yeah. It's revolutionary. Let's go Keep with going. it. Revolutionary ideas. That sounds anyway, way better. Um, <laughs> the big yellow one is the sun. Can anyway. I eye roll any more distinctly? Come on. <laughs> I believe that's a rotation. <laughs> Horrendous. It was actually yeah. quite creative. That was real. Oh, oh. Sorry. Ooh. <laughs> Caveat. Anyway, uh, so what what is happening at that particular moment where we're getting all worked up about making a decision? And I think it's people 
seeing their reality and actually the fruit of their own motivations. That's good. And I think- uh, That's really good. This semester, I went through that Proverbs book by Daniel Estes, and he talks about what is wisdom. It's living properly in the reality that God has created, like understanding how he has made the world and operating in that reality. So like not operating out of this dream idea. It's, It's seeing what is actually there. And I think that's when people get discouraged slash motivated to make changes because they actually notice reality. And a lot of times that reality is just the result of your own action, you know, or, you know, God is sovereign, but you are a being of free will. And so your decisions at the end of a year, you can easily reflect on them and be like, well, I shouldn't have done that. And if I do these other things, it'll change, you know, but so often we're we're looking at the results of our motivations, but our resolutions aren't to change the motivation. It's to change an action. Yeah. Mm. And like, I'm going to do this thing. And just like making the oath doesn't magically change your affections. And I think that's what I kind of started thinking about was maybe we should be more... Mm thoughtful and I don't because I agree I think making a decision like you know I need to change the way I live my life especially if that brings you more in line with the reality that God has placed you into mm-hmm. that's wise mm-hmm. like you know I'm not healthy and I need to be more healthy or I'm I'm not great at communicating in my relationship and I need to do that or you know your spouse your kids your friends whatever that is like you see some need and you're realizing that where you are now is not the best place that I think that's wise to Mm -hmm. to be aware of that and then to okay I need to change that but then realize that just you saying it doesn't magically change your desires and motives and actually if you really want to follow through on that you maybe need to think through how you're going to cultivate different affections. And that will involve, you know, stop doing certain things that negatively affect you, that will start doing the things that you should do to cultivate the right affections. And we talk about that ad nauseum here, so we don't need to get into it. But I think maybe a if I could change it instead of New Year's resolutions, just call it New Year's motivations. Ooh, that's good. It's like don't make new resolutions, make new motivations. And like what this past year has motivated me to be in the situation I am right now. And how can I seek God's help to be properly motivated for the things that I should want? And uh, I think that would be, a, if, we, if we were faithful to do that, it would help us. But here, here are the passages that I thought of. So the first passage that I thought of is 1 Thessalonians 4. And I'm going to read the full paragraph. It's verses, uh, chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. So 1 Thessalonians 4, 9. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more and to aspire to live quietly, to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. So if you didn't catch the verse that kind of triggered me to come here, it's that verse 11. It's the idea of aspire. And you look that up, it's to to have ambition. Hmm. Uh, so to look at certain things and to recognize their value and, and aim for them, like to aspire towards them. 
And what does he tell the believers here to aspire to? They're already doing well with love. And he says, keep doing that in verses nine through nine and 10. But then he adds to, so they're already doing really well with love. But then he, he, this is the Hobbit verse. It is. It's the Shire. I thought yeah. with- well, with, with, with a caveat, because the, the Shire don't like to interact with anybody. That's true. He, the, he does. He yeah, says, you they should don't mind their own business. Yeah. But hold on. Just, let, <laughs> yeah. So the, 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 I'll explain why I think it is very Hobbit-like, but also very un-Hobbit-like. So I think it's very Hobbit-like because like a Hobbit, they live quietly, mind your own affairs, work with your hands, like just go about your own business, lead a simple, quiet life. And I think, you know, it doesn't use the word here, but it's just a simple contentment. What would be a great new motivation for you for the new year? Just to be motivated to live a quiet, simple life, Mm. mind your own business, work with your hands and, and just, you know, be, be at peace, you know? And, but then you add verse 12, there is a purpose to this. You live the quiet life, you mind your own affairs, you work with your hands so that you walk properly to those outside. And I think the hobbits would just be content to never see another human. Yeah. Actually, part of the ambition here is that you would have a good testimony to mm. other people, to, to out those outside the family of faith, and that actually you being independent of the needs of outsiders is actually a great testimony, whether if you're always you know, needing to borrow or needing... Uh, you're completely dependent on other people that isn't maybe the best testimony. But so that, that's the first verse that I thought of. Uh, a, a New Year's resolution or a New Year's motivation, aspire to live quietly, mind your own affairs, work with your hands, that you may walk properly to outsiders. I think it's a good verse. And then the other one is in First Timothy chapter 2, not uh, chapter 4. Okay. I wonder. Uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through, four, one through 4. First uh, Timothy two one. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead mm. a peaceful and quiet life, mm. godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So very easy tie-in with that last passage where it also exalts here the quiet, peaceful life. It actually instructs us, Paul's instructing Timothy, that we pray for that. So going back to my main idea is not just to be resolute to do things, but maybe to think through how you're going to change your affections. And prayer is a way that you start mm. to cultivate affection. And, and what is prayer? It, it's not just a mantra. You're saying something to the abyss. You're, you're talking with God. And I think part of that communication is a recognizing of, of what God has told you and agreeing with him and maybe even yielding and submitting to him. So because you know that a peaceful, quiet life, a good testimony to unbelievers is valuable, what might you do to bring that about? You would pray and ask uh, that God would allow you to live that peaceful life. And, you, and specifically here, what are you doing? You're praying for the ones in authority so that they allow you 
to live the quiet, peaceful life. And what's interesting is, you know, when you look at verse three and four here, I think when he says, this is good, is he referring to the peaceful and quiet life that is godly and dignified? Or is he referring to the praying? You know, you could go either way on that. But so it's interesting that there's the testimony to outsiders in First Thessalonians 4, and that's also brought back here in verse 4 here, where you're praying for these people, these authority figures, and what does he say? Like, this is good and well-pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved. What does that have to do with the quiet and peaceful life that you're praying for? Well, one, you're praying for the authority figure, and maybe part of your prayer for them is that as they allow you to live a life that is good, they would be drawn to that good life. And part of that is finding the person of Christ. And we saw that in First Thessalonians, that that quiet, peaceful, working life is actually uh, helpful in your witness to those who are outside. So it kind of all cycles together there. But when I started thinking about New Year's resolution, it would be a great like devotion or aspiration for the next year. Okay, I want to live in such a way. I want to I want to live a virtuous life, a simple, quiet, godly, dignified, loving life. And so how are you going to bring that to pass? Pray for it. Pray that you'd have the opportunity to do that. Pray for the people in authority over you that they would allow you to live that peaceful life. Hmm. But then as you pray for them, as you pray for that opportunity to live the life you want, pray for opportunities to share and and demonstrate who Christ is to other people. I think that would be uh, a masterful New Year's resolution. So uh, that was what I thought. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I like the, I think that there's so much in our world that's not pushing us to lead a quiet, dignified life. Even, even I, I want to, I like the ambition word you pointed out, like aspire to. I think that's good. And I think ambition is important, especially for, I think, men. Christian men need ambition. But I do think there's like another kind of ambition that's clamoring, that's uh, trying to make the biggest impact, to be the best, to be the most well, like that kind of a thing. And I think the quiet life sort of cuts against that in a godly way. So I, I think that's a nice reminder. And I also think that the quiet life would be like the, foundation for a lot of things it reminded me of uh, michael horton's book ordinary which yeah. is kind of like a response to david platt's radical um, but how the christian life is about this ordinary regular faithfulness and how that is a testimony to uh, a world i had one other thought charlie at the beginning you started off talking about uh, new year's resolution versus a uh, new year's uh desire motivation motivation new, a new year's motivation and it reminded me that's actually a really good example of how it worked for me when we used to play tim and i used to play clash of clans all the time <laughs> and i remember clash of clans tim. oh man it was so good <laughs> and I was good. You, you we were. were. We were like amazing. We would we would get together for Hebrew reading in the in the dining hall in that little side room, which used to be the seminary break room. And we'd be before we would start 
reading Hebrew, you'd always be on your phone, like checking your clan. Really? Yeah. yeah, I remember that. That was like some of the earliest memories I have of you. (laughs) It's Clash of Clans, Tim. Horrendous. I do remember when you got rid of it too. I needed to get rid of it. It's such a good game. But I was at a, I was at a camp, and so part of me knew like this is so it's kind of like the resolution thought like I know something needs to change. I probably shouldn't be playing this as much. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't be doing this. I should probably delete Clash of Clans. Yeah, like that sort of a thing. And but but there's kind of a like what's going to push you over the edge. And so what it was for me is I'm at camp, and Pastor Steve Brower, I'm speaking in the morning, he's speaking in the evenings, and he's in I think it was First Corinthians six talking about what's like. All things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful, but I won't be mastered by anything. Like that whole passage and what he was saying is, is there something in life you can give up so that you can have more of a gospel impact? I, th- I there's some, And that was it. It was, a, a, and that's, I think what you're talking about there. It's a, a motivation of godliness that was like, okay, I'm going to get rid of this and I'm not going to have games on my phone anymore. And it's like carried through for seven years for me, but it was the motivation that if I give this up, I can do something better and it will help me in my walk with God. And I like that. I really like that plus like the other. Well, and I think too, like using, using like the, the most common New Year's resolution is lose weight. Yeah. Like fitness. Get fit. And so it's really easy you know, when you've just like gorged yourself for like a week from Christmas to New Year's and ate every dessert under the sun and you're like, oh yeah, I don't feel great about this. And it's like, even to like dream about like, man, I really, I want to get in shape. I want to, I want to start running and lifting and you do all that stuff. But it's like, if you don't. Hey man, capitalize on it. Solid exercise bike. It's the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, if you don't have a strategy, like. You know, like I can, I can say, I really want to work out, but you know what I really also want is I would, I would eat pizza every day. Amen. You know, like you, you have to have some interaction with the desires that are motivating your action and just have a strategy to maybe match your desires for changed action with like the competition in your heart. I think that's very valuable. It's funny. I'm listening to a podcast right now in relation to some PhD stuff I'm trying to like get going. And in the, the episode, the, the philosopher guy is talking about the good life. And he says that a lot of times the reason people continue down the paths of like words, like addictions is because even though they know like that, they know it's bad. Their picture is that, but my life won't be good without this. And that's like a motivation level issue. And he said, he was trying to say that, yeah. and they literally used pizza and his co-hosts used to, I guess, be really, really heavy. And then he started running and part of it is he quit eating the pizza all the time. And he says, of course, now that I run, I can eat more pizza. <laughs> it but, is a nice added benefit. But, but that's, yeah. Like when you're working out, you can't eat more. So like, that's one of the nice things about powerlifting is you typically want to eat a lot of food while you do that. And your metabolism is like trip. Well, anyways. Well, not really. Well, okay. It's a lot Kind higher. of. So wrap this all up. Hope this is a blessing to you. Hope as you think through uh, any New Year's resolutions that you're making. Obviously, number one is to listen to every episode of the Thinklings podcast. Amen. But then all the rest of them, you know, maybe think through why you're making that decision and your strategies to bring your affections into those decisions with you. And if you want to learn to read, go to the Theologic Podcast because we talk quite a bit and reading would be a great resolution. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Thinklings Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, suggestions, or potential topics that you'd like us to discuss, you can contact us through our email 
thinklingspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, don't let this conversation end with this podcast. Read good books, talk about them with your friends, and always continue to cultivate your mind. See you next time on the Thinklings Podcast.